Welcome everybody to episode six of Freaky Tales podcast. First and foremost, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Um, later on, I know we'll get some more viewers. But uh, for those of you that have tuned in, we want to thank everyone who has subscribed, who has commented, who has shared. Before we get into it and I introduce my special guest, uh, there's a couple of announcements I would like to make and I hope you guys take this serious. Um, last week we experienced a lot of negativity on the live chat. The live chat is supposed to be fun where we all enjoy and we all just talk about or share whatever you guys like to amongst yourselves. But when you start getting racial slurs, when you start getting um, people talking about my guest or people just talking about other people on the live chat, it becomes something negative and that's not what we want here. So uh, what we're doing is just sending out a message that if that starts again, um, you will be blocked immediately. So we just want to warn you if you want to stay on Freaking Tales podcast and enjoy the show. The last thing we want is somebody to feel uncomfortable while, while they're watching over somebody that wants to put other people down or say something racial on here. Um, that's the last thing we want is negativity. So I hope you guys enjoy the show and I hope you guys respect my wishes and respect this podcast. So we want to thank you once again for joining us. And uh, the other announcement I want to make is that um, we are working on and hopefully soon it'll be up the Freaky Tales podcast uh, uh, online website where you can order merch. We're still working on that, but should be up soon, maybe in a, a couple of weeks or if not sooner, where you'll be able to buy shirts and other merch. Um, other than that, uh, right above me, it should be the email podcast at gmail.com if you guys want to share some stories if you guys want to sh uh, share something paranormal something that's happened to you guys something that it's unexplainable and you just want to share it with us then i encourage you to uh sh share those stories with us at podcast at gmail.com or if you care to follow us at uh freakatailpodcast.com on instagram on instagram you can follow us there for future content so uh, once again, thank you and I hope you guys respect our show. This time, I would like to introduce my special guest, uh, Magic Girl. Thank you for coming and joining us you know, here at Freaky Tales Podcast. Mm -hmm. So before we get into the meat of uh, what we're going to talk about tonight, I would like for people, and it may come as a, as a surprise, your background, if you care to share a little bit on what is your background and why you're here yeah definitely um a lot of uh people do know but for those who don't know um i've worked in the funeral industry for about five years and uh, my position in the funeral home was to work directly with the decedents so that include included like hair and cosmetics casketing removals bathing etc cetera, etc cetera. so i dealt directly with the deceased wow okay you even said bathing mm-hmm Wow. And now let me ask you this for those that may be wondering, like, what was it that either motivated you to move into that type of line of work? I never was um, interested in it. Well, not interested. I just didn't think about going into that line of work. Um, when I was uh, introduced to the opportunity, I was working at a private school for kids with autism. Yeah. And it was just a part time gig. Um, I graduated high school early, so I needed another job. Um, legally, you have to be at least 18 
uh, years of age to work at a funeral home and deal with uh, people who are deceased. Uh, so once I turned 18, mm-hmm. um, a job offer came. My uncle and the one of the supervisors there asked my dad, because my dad had already been in the funeral industry, but he sold property. He didn't deal with the decedents around. He, he was dealing directly with the families only. So a position opened up. They offered me the position. I was kind of like hesitant at a bit uh, at first because I did not have any idea of the industry. Like I immediately, what came to my head is like, oh, like dead people, it's gross. You know, yeah. like kind of scary. They gave me the heebie-jeebies. But um, Michael's like, come, you know, just just see if you like it. Come try it out. The supervisor was really cool. She's like, we'll lean you into it. Um, I went for my first day and I was a little a little scared um but after the first um month i think it, it kind of got it out of my system they put it in the in where i was only doing um caring for people who were deceased that were my of my age or younger mm. i was not doing people older than me so that was kind of um the person that worked there at the time their way of getting that out of my system yeah and then after that I just fell in love with with what I what with what I do. Well, not you know, like I'm sure because on a previous episode I shared that I'm terrified of being around the dead, and I don't mean that like there's no disrespect to anyone, right? But it, it's just something that I, I'm just not comfortable with, and I don't know if I'll ever get comfortable with. I attended a lot of funerals, a lot of my uh, close friends from the neighborhood and a lot of family members. Mm. And I can never get used to it. So when you said I got used to it, that's kind of hard to to it, like, if you will. Um, process it? Yes. Yeah. Um, did, when you first started working there, you know, did, was it hard? I mean, because I, I'm assuming you're dealing possibly with babies even Mm -hmm. yeah it was it was very hard at first um because working there we see absolutely everything from homicide to suicide there is no in between death is death and it's final so we the cases that we care for we you know sometimes we get people of old age who just pass of old age sometimes we get children who are who pass from being abused or killed by a parent or something like that so um it's, it's very difficult uh, mentally to stay um, calm and collective because there is a lot of times where I've had to be in the same room with a parent or a loved one who um, was either a suspect or responsible of this person's death. And to have to stand in the same room with them is very like a surreal feeling because um, us as morticians, we, we, we do... Um, something that nobody else um can and for for us it's a privilege there is two sides to the industry there's good morticians and there's bad morticians it's usually the bad ones that make the good ones look look bad because they do very like either morbid or just disrespectful things to the decedents so it's it's very hard especially having to tolerate um like like if you do something a certain way and you see somebody else doing it um, you know, like having to tolerate the, the behavior of other funeral homes yeah. um, and the way they treat the loved ones after they pass. You know, b- before we continue, uh, I want to share something with you that, um, you know, 
a lot of my viewers, whether it's on this podcast or, a lot, or the other podcast, um, I grew up, one of my first jobs, obviously was selling records. One of my second jobs was uh, working at a video store as a young teenager. So I, I you know, we're talking about VHS, cause, you know, tapes, sometimes right. even betas. So I saw everything when the store was dead. I just pop in a movie, pop in a movie, and then just kind of like, okay, take that one, kill two hours, my eight hours will go by fast. Yeah. The majority of the time I'd watch would be horror movies, okay? 1979, uh, to back it up, when VHS first started coming out, my brother used to go to the local uh, video store and he would rent, like, coming from a Mexican family, we watched either it was karate movies, action movies, when I say karate, kung fu, Bruce Lee, or um, uh, action movies, or horror, 90% it was horror movies. My brother brought home a movie called Phantasm that came out in 1979. And the weird part about it, the part that scared me the most watching that movie, and most of you watching uh, or listening to us on the podcast, look up the movie Phantasm, came out in 1979. They've actually had more movies since then, but this was the first one. And um, there was a kid that used to go and hang out at the mortuary. And for some reason, he was always intrigued by this tall town mortician. This guy was really tall, old guy. And um, one day he's hiding behind some bushes and he's got these binoculars and he's just like spying on the mortician. Right. He comes out of the mortuary, goes into like what we would call a hearse, opens it from the back. And he, when he's not, he the mortician looks around and he takes the casket out and carries it by himself. I don't know why, but right. that, the superhuman strength of that scene, carrying a casket by himself, we know it's impossible. Right. Okay? But in the movie, first time I saw that, it was just different. And the kid looked like, what the hell? Mm -hmm. So he knew that something was up right. with him. Right. As you continue to watch that movie, a lot of paranormal things happen within that mortuary. And that's what made that movie intriguing. That was the town's mortician. Now, mm -hmm. uh, quick question, since you are a mortician, um, and you'd be surprised how many people probably do not know that. I know you said that right. some people do, right. but news travels fast and they'll right. find out that you work with the dead. Right. Did anybody ever think, as weird as that may sound, just like in that movie, everybody thought the town mortician was weird and crazy. Did any of those rumors ever go out about you? Um no i think it was all more like surprise like what the heck i think people's speculation of of the image of a mortician or a funeral director is like some old creepy guy or some yeah. old creepy lady yeah you know um they never expect uh people so young or just people out of the ordinary um i want to say maybe 60 percent mm -hmm. of people who are in the funeral business um, al alone in my city in Bakersfield are under the age of 30. Hmm. Okay. So it's all young. It's all like people my age. I'm 25. <laughs> and I've been with um, working with the funeral home since I started when I was 18. Wow. Well, I mean, just uh, again, I don't know if you understand when I get, like you said earlier, the EBGBs about yeah. working with the dead. I just couldn't be alone in a room with it that person especially i don't even know them it's, it's just right. to me it's weird it's kind of like maybe i got traumatized early on 
in life because of those type of movies. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like watching The Exorcist and mm -hmm. talking about demon possession and mm -hmm. somebody possessed by the devil. And then watching movies like Jaws where for years people or for months, even now, I got family members that are traumatized of going to the beach because they're afraid of sharks. Yeah. You know, so I think because those movies were so new and so different at that time that it's last a, 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 a memorable lifetime in our is engraved on our heads of some crazy, creepy stuff. So, yeah. So since I brought up that there were paranormal things going on in that mortuary in the movie, you know, it was just a movie mm -hmm. in real life. Have you ever experienced anything like that that you can share with us? Um, my me, myself, um, I was coming home from uh, we were doing a removal from LAX so no I'm sorry to interject but when you say a removal mm -hmm. for those that may not know can you w what is that yeah a removal is uh, when we pick up the decedent from a destination and transport them back to the funeral home okay whether it is a coroner's office mm -hmm. or the place of death or uh, most of the time there's only three three places where a decedent will be picked up from where mm -hmm. a mortuary will pick up the decedent it's either LAX, an airport, mm -hmm. another funeral home, or a convalescent home. Oh, okay. And usually only the residents, if the decedent was under hospice. We, uh, if the death was like suspicious or something, the coroner steps in and we have to pick up from the coroner's office. Mm. Um, unless the, the coroner releases on the scene, which is very rare that mm. they release the body on the scene. Right. Um, the morticians never set foot on, on a crime scene. So um, when we say removal, that's pretty much what it is, where we're picking up the um, okay. decedent from the place from of death. either one of those places. Correct. Okay. Um, I think it was about like 2 or 3 a.m. It was me and my partner. Uh, we were fairly new. I think we were about four or five months in. We just barely got hired on. And there was only a staff of four of us, and we were serving anywhere between... 17 to 20 families every 14 days so that is a lot and wow. and we were doing the removals and the funeral services and setting up and doing everything so we were super busy we literally lived there um so it was like two or three o'clock in the morning we were returning into the funeral home uh from lax it's very dark and it's gated um so we were pulling up to the garage and we noticed that there's there's two stories mm -hmm. there was a light on on top in one in the in the break room and i turned to her and i said did you leave the light on she said no she said i turned it off when we left and she's like oh i wonder if so-and-so's here yeah so we called him and we're like hey where are you at he's like i'm at home i went home to take a shower and she's like did you leave the light on he's like no so when i looked out the window to look back up i see like a black like somebody was looking at me through the window like you know like you see a shadow yeah like just like somebody like a shadow of somebody standing there and i wow. was kind of like what the heck and we were we were kind of scared because at, at that place um the only we didn't think anything like supernatural right or paranormal because um there was like a lot of homeless our thing is like homeless can get in there anybody can be okay. stuck in there right sleeping but what freaked us out is that when we were uh pulling into the garage we kept hearing like footsteps upstairs hmm. because the floors creak. Whenever you walk into a certain area, the floors creak. Right. And we we freaked out. Like we literally unloaded, and we were out of there. We didn't even stay there. 
wow. the same night and i that's like the closest thing to to, to to me actually seeing something and um there's been another occasions where i just feel a very nasty heavy disgusting presence right. i feel like somebody's um in in the visitation rooms there's two there's two visitation rooms a woman's and a men's room and um when you walk through that hall <laughs> um for whatever reason you just feel like someone's always breathing down your neck wow like whether you're walking alone with somebody and it just feels like there's always somebody breathing down your neck Hmm. Wow. See, now you know what I'm talking about. I can't be around that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Earlier you brought up where you said that sometimes it gets really uncomfortable because um, you may be, I'll just use, for lack of better words, attending to a body or a deceased loved one. Mm-hmm. And the person in the room is possibly under suspicion right. of this person's possible death he you know if i can just say that he may be the murderer right you know um i guess my question is that does that ever make you feel uneasy do you can can you say i don't want this person in the room while i'm fixing this person up or is there a rule where, where a family member by law possibly can be there um, it, it all depends. Um, all of the preparation we do prior to the to the family um, arriving. Oh, okay. So um, the only changes that we do in front of the families would be is, oh, um, can you put a little bit more makeup on her? You know, I want a little more okay. heavy. Or can you do her hair different? Or can you put a less on her? But um, usually we we uh, we wait. We do that before the the family's arriving. But the other big issue that there that there is. Um, and this is a very stressful job it it, it will consume your life mm-hmm. all the way around because we're not only dealing with death we're yeah. also dealing with people who are emotionally unstable at the moment yeah. and are not thinking correctly so we got to deal with possibly a, a man who was married and separated for like 10 years and he has the girlfriend and now the girlfriend and the legal wife are fighting because the girlfriend has no right or say over what happens yeah to to her husband's body because legally um the whoever's legally married is the next of kin mm. and uh, and if that person is deceased it would be the children after the next of kin wow. okay. so we have to deal with like all the arguments and fights and just recently um there was um a funeral uh-huh. and some there was a drive-by shooting and somebody got shot and died at a funeral not not that long ago about two or three weeks ago so if I'm correct, let me just paint a picture. There's a funeral going on. Families are weeping over a loved one. Mm-hmm. Someone decides to drive by and shoot up the funeral. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, you know, it's a lot of emotions, like crazy emotions, like that are just uh, in that in that room. And um, 99.9% of the time, the family takes it out on you. And yeah. you have no idea what's going on, no clue. You just try to kind of be the peacemaker and yeah. and try to do everything calmly. But 99.9% of the time, you're dragged into the entire situation, like full throttle. Yeah. You know, as a kid, and, you know, and, and I kind of share this story shamefully because the people that shared it to me were almost bragging about it. And I heard mm-hmm. these type of stories multiple times. As when I see a kid as a young teenager, 14, 15, 13 years old, and uh, I grew up in the hood, okay? And when I say that in my neighborhood, 
And uh, not to name names, I would never do that, but whether it was my neighborhood or another neighborhood that I was kicking it at or whatnot, I would always meet what we would call veteranos, the, the older OGs, right. you know. I used to meet guys that were my age or even older in the 60s, maybe even early 70s that would brag about these, you know, their gang activity, right. okay? But what really shook me was one day this one guy said, and he was so drunk and usually guys start spilling the beans when they're drunk. Mm -hmm. And I won't say what city I was in, but uh, I started drinking like my first beer and um, I got a little buzz. I hadn't had anything to eat. And what happened was that um, the guy says, yeah, I remember when I went to the funeral and there was this one guy that we couldn't stand. We, my neighborhood had smoked him. And uh, just to make sure he was dead, because we weren't sure, because he was like our, our the most wanted rival. Mm -hmm. He said, we went to the funeral home, we pretended like we were family, and we shot the casket up. Yeah. And now, to me, I, I wasn't thinking like, like, wow, that guy's crazy, that guy's, you know, he, he, he's, he's loathed, you know. Mm -hmm. It shocked me. Like, it, it, it was almost traumatizing to the fact, like, yeah. you would do that in front of family? Yeah. Like, and... As I got, began to grow older, I began to hear more and more and more stories like that, that people, oh yeah, you shoot up the casket, make sure that fool's dead. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, there's actually people like that. Yeah, and it's crazy because um, a lot of the times these situations are are um, provoked by because of the emotion, the emotion, the, the emotion of the moment. And, yes. and there's so, I, I strongly believe that um, there's so much animosity and so much uh, yeah. negativity at the moment of a death especially if it's like unexpected or um or you know uh, horrific mm -hmm. um and, and a lot of the times when these families are fighting and they've never seen each other for years um that that brings us a, a certain ambience to the funeral home yeah. and it it um you know respecting everybody's beliefs and everything i have my own beliefs but i this is my personal opinion that it does open doors for uh for spirits and, and negativity and paranormal activity to happen in the funeral home. Well, and, you know, and a lot of people, you know, we've all gone to funerals, but you are like a part of it. You know, you prepare it. You, you're like you said, you serve. And so you get to see everybody's different emotions, you mm -hmm. know? Um, it, it must be a hard job and like like i said at least for me i know you said you're used to it at least for me i could never have done that after attending you know after 20 homies funerals yeah. that's when i just threw in the towel and i said i can't do this no more yeah um let me ask you this and uh we'll get into a little bit of the if you will paranormal or the freaky spooky stuff in a minute but i wanted to ask you this has there ever been someone that you worked on personally that you just couldn't fix up and they wanted an open casket or yeah yeah, yeah. there's been in multiple multiple occasions yeah and um i think that's the hardest part of um our job um having to or being that person having to like oh we're sorry but you can't view your loved one um there is legal waivers that if if we feel that um the the appearance of uh -huh. the deceased is going to be tra mentally traumatic 
to the loved one like if we feel it's gonna traumatize you in some sort of way we make you sign a waiver that releases all responsibility from the funeral home of us being liable for your whatever mental breakdown you're gonna have after seeing your loved one in such um yeah. in such in such state but there has been a lot of times and it, i i think it's it, it it's like um it's hard because like we're human too and there's times where not only myself other people that i've worked with where we have to step aside and just cry and just bawl our eyes out either because we're angry or because we we feel um we feel what the family's feeling you know not in the exact sense but what it's like i said it's it's death and it's so final yeah um have you ever ever experienced anything maybe you're with the deceased you're working on them and ever experienced anything happen maybe something freaky something out of the ordinary um or possibly somebody that you work with has experienced something like that that possibly unexplainable other than what you shared earlier uh yeah there was um uh, a case that i had and for whatever reason i i could never look um i'm gonna say case out of respect for uh the family and this person um I could never look at the decedent in the face oh, never wow. like as much as i would try even when i was dressing like it would just be like just a quick glance and for identification it'd just be a really a, like a really quick glance but it just made me uncomfortable i started like my anxiety would go off the roof mm. um i would get really nervous and um i just couldn't explain it and when i was setting up uh the decedent for viewing for the family to come um, I just couldn't. And when I was changing, uh, I was changing, um, the shirt because the body became to be, became, uh, started leaking. So we had to take the decedent back down and what we do, um, at least, you know, where yeah. I work, we, we like to be very respectful. So we change absolutely everything out. Okay. And if need be, we'll, we'll give them a new casket, you know, like, hmm. um, we like them to be put down with respect. So when we were, when, um, we were changing the shirt, I uncovered the shirt and this person was covered in demonic tattoos wow and i was just like kind of like oh maybe that's why because at one point and i never felt this before i i felt like this person was gonna get up and grab me like i was that terrified like wow i was and i had never felt that way before now now um just to share a little bit more on what you saw when you said he was covered in demonic tattoos is it safe to say possibly pentagrams baphomets yes okay like goat's heads um the like the star of david like all kinds of stuff from head to toe like from, not from head to toe but pretty much shoulder to d down like where you couldn't see if this person was dressed with like a t-shirt you wouldn't see it so the only reason i noticed was because i had to change this person's t-shirt wow that's the only reason that i noticed but i never to me it made sense you know like oh okay this is weird and even what's funny is that um the sister was telling uh myself and a couple friends there and she was very open about it too that um that she felt like something was following her around all the time wow and she knew it because she knew what he was doing was he a young man middle-aged man or at the time, he was uh, between 20 and 25. I don't okay. want to give an age, but... And uh, do, do you remember what, what he passed away of? Uh, 
this person passed away of uh, suicide. Yeah, see, you know, I shared, I'm not sure if I shared this before last week or the previous podcast before, but um, I, in, in my life, I've only spoken to two, two Satanists. Mm-hmm. One of them, and, and there are Satanists, as, as weird as this may sound, and since you were talking about this individual had these mm-hmm. tattoos, there are, it, it's weird how there are even Satanists that are split that believe totally different. Mm-hmm. Some people believe that it's a, Satan is a force, right. you know. Some people believe that he's actually a person, like a fallen angel. Mm-hmm. And uh, this guy had, you know, the uh, sat- um, the, the satanic pentagram. He had the Baphomet, and he had other writings, you know, on on his body. And one day, I, I, to me, I'm just I just don't understand when he would say, you know, we can curse someone, but we know it'll come back to us. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't understand that. Right. You know, it's it's kind of because when we say, we'll, we'll pray for you. Right. We're wishing, well, for lack of better words, wishing. We are hoping for something good to happen to that mm-hmm. person. You know, whether he's going through a trial, whether he's going through a sickness, that mm-hmm. that God would bless them. That's pretty much what we're saying, what we're going to pray for them, okay? Mm-hmm. But now on the other side, this guy's saying when we put a curse on someone we know that it'll eventually come back to us yeah and uh so i asked him like but why would you do that like Mm -hmm. knowing that it's going to come back to you you know and he goes well because it's worth it if you really really hate that person he said it's worth it yeah and i know he eventually like According to him, this is his words, I laid off of that so many years after our first conversation was because he said that too many things were coming at him and we'll get into it in our the, the next segment. Okay. But he started seeing too many things that started bothering him. Mm-hmm. Things were going wrong. And then he started to think, obviously started to finally think, um, why am I doing this? Like, I do what I'm told, but negativity comes back. Right. So, and I never understood it. Like, it just didn't make any sense. Yeah. So, according to him, he laid off. But, so it doesn't surprise me that um, this guy died of suicide. We don't know what he saw. We don't know what he what he went through. Right, yeah. You know, but it kind of gives us a clue. Pretty much by his tattoos, yeah. what he was involved and in. The entire time that this person was under our care, there was just a very, like, dark and heavy... I thought it was me for a while, but then other co-workers started expressing the same feeling even if it was just walking by the cooler that this person was in that they would feel very uncomfortable and just just like very heavy you know th- there are certain people i believe that for some reason not only are they sensitive to the paranormal when i say paranormal possibly they see things right. they hear things they feel things and then there, there are people that just attract bad vibes or bad energy comes out of them um quick example i've known people that i had to cut out out of my life because they just suck the joy out of you everything about them was negative yeah everything was negative 
you you maybe couldn't they didn't see them for about five years and you could sit down with them in two minutes and it just starts spewing poison and it's almost like a it's almost like you're in the atmosphere of a dark cloud and you start to feel it and it's coming yeah. from them yeah. i wonder you know um if even him passing did that negative energy still follow him right because of what you said you felt that he was going to grab you like right uh, i felt like just it, it was just like weird and you know i'm i'm one of those people that senses like i'm very sensitive to people's emotions to people's feeling the way people feel to what's around me and there is times where i've had to take a break where yeah. i take i've had to you know resign for a month or two just to get my head space yeah and to uh you know get my mind get to get my mind right because it is very mentally draining and like i said when you're sensitive to certain things like there's a lot of things that bother you and um there is an a lot of uh there was an occasion where i started feeling very depressed mm. and uh there was times where um my brain knew not to but just the feeling was overwhelming of suicide where i began to like have suicidal thoughts and i'm just like what the heck and i thought okay whatever depression i'm gonna go to the doctor i tried everything from some balta to xanax to absolutely everything the whole nine yards and i just felt absolutely horrible nothing was working and um i personally started uh you know just getting my head more and reading more and uh getting more involved in church doing you know talking to my pastor and uh fasting and doing certain things and i just felt an over like it, it it was almost instant relief so to me it's uh, in um before i i say what i'm gonna say next is um there has also been other people in the funeral home, my co-workers who have expressed the same feeling to me like yo i thought it was just me like i really you know i started thinking crazy stuff like that and i never wow. knew why and i really do feel like i said uh working there um does bring certain types of energies and certain spirits and demons um that just yeah. linger and latch onto you and yeah. you can have absolutely no clue you can be thinking it's depression but i personally you know respecting everybody's beliefs um i personally believe that um that like depression and all that are are uh spirits right right you know and that opens the door for this because there's a lot of people that either suffer and, and, again being respectful to everyone but there are some people that suffer let's just say from certain things that they go to the doctor and the doctor cannot figure it out what right. it is okay but what the doctors are quick to do is like well, okay take this that'll take or take this yeah. or take this and really all it is not fixing it it's just numbing you to to reality to what's really going on yeah and it comes down to that the problem from what it sounds like could be spiritual right you know could be spiritual you know the people that don't believe in the supernatural or the spiritual realm would just say would just use the word it's bad vibes yeah you know and that's that's what they do there are some people that um walk around with you know and i don't want to give too much because we're going to cover that in the next uh, segment but right. let's just say negative energy we know it's spiritual we, whether you want to call it negative energy negative vibes Right. I, I call it something spiritual and some people just carry that yeah it, it's almost like they're a magnet for that mm -hmm. you know i've met people and um there are just some people that i've met and immediately did not trust because i knew 
that there's something not right with this individual. Mm -hmm. So now with this individual at the mortuary, you know, it, it's kind of crazy to think that even the deceased can even carry that negative energy with them. Yeah. You know, I feel like a lot of things happen there, though. Like, to be honest, like, I've heard, di I've heard different stories. And um, my, my dad actually expressed to me one time that because he's very, like, uh, whatever. Nothing scares him, you know? Mm -hmm. So when he came home and he was, he was telling me, like, hey, I heard little kids playing upstairs. So your dad was in the business as well? Yeah. My oh. dad's my dad's been in the business for over ten years. Okay. So, um, but like I said, he never worked directly with the bodies. Uh -huh. He worked with the family, the families. Um, so he did sales. So for him to like experience it was kind of weird. And he said, "Yeah, he, he he was the only one there at the facility at the time. He was finishing uh, writing up some contracts, and he said that he kept hearing like little footsteps, like little pattering, and he was like." Like, who's here? Maybe he thought the housekeeper was there or whatever. And wow. He said that he started hearing little kids laughing, just like laughing and playing. And he was just like, what the heck? And he said yeah. that he just sat there. He sat there and he and he, he said he sat there and he prayed and then it just went completely silent. But I, I and also there is um, a person there that was also like my dad. Ah, nothing scares me where he was walking through the same hallway that I was talking about. And he made a like a like a smart remark. He mm -hmm. was like. Uh, he was ta talking to, to, to himself or something. He had said a joke or something. And um, he felt somebody just push him, just boom. He came back. He was so freaked out because he doesn't believe in that. Right, and right, there was right. nobody else in, the, in there with him. So um, there at deficit, there's been a lot. And there's also a story of, um, of Jake. Um, he is... Um, supposedly a, a, an embalmer who committed suicide oh wow and his spirit still lingers around the funeral home and when he's around you smell uh cigarettes like so, like if somebody's smoking right next to you mm -hmm. that's how you know he's there and my my dad uh one time he uh he was asked to close the garage door and he didn't think nothing of it but the, la the lady there's like oh go close the garage door because she was scared she didn't mm -hmm. want to close the garage door so he went and closed it and uh um he went he said he went to the bathroom and he smelled like somebody was smoking in the bathroom with him like it was wow. just very strong and he was like like hey are you smoking she's like oh no that's just jake and he's like jake who the heck is jake you know and then he started asking around and, and then and then finally found out that that um he had committed suicide like years years ago and, and, you know and, and that's kind of it's kind of creepy that people I was just so used to the idea, not to make fun or to put anybody down, but for me trying to understand it, mm -hmm. that, oh, that's just Jake, like, it's accepted, you know? Yeah, it's just like any other thing. Yeah. There, There is, um, we call him the man in the black jacket that would, he's occasionally, um, I think that's the 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 spirit or whatever you know the entity that i saw in the window yeah but other people that have worked there in that in that location that facility have seen them as well uh, just staring uh, down from the staircase because to go upstairs we're downstairs everything okay. is completely hidden and discreet from the public eye so um where everything like the handling of the of the deceased is you will never it will be in places you would never expect so there is a staircase to go up okay. to the public and on that staircase there's very dim lighting, okay. um, but there's a sharp corner. And in multiple occasions, um, another person who's who's worked there has seen him just standing there staring at him. And I'm just like, what are you looking at? 
And he's like, and I remember one time I came in from doing a removal and I asked him, I said, what are you looking at? And he said, nothing. He's like, don't, don't, he's like, don't look at the stairs. And I said, why? Wow. And I was so scared. Like, I didn't want to look. Right. I was like, why? And he said, he's standing there. Don't look. And I, I didn't look. Right. I didn't turn around to look. And I was just like, uh, okay. And I just like walked, yeah. you know, and yeah. kept walking. Because to me, like, like it, nothing really freaks me out. So I was kind of like, oh, whatever you're tripping, you know? Yeah. You know, um, you had said something earlier about your father uh, working there for 10 years and how you heard upstairs little kids. Mm -hmm. So now we're talking about actually hearing no, hearing sounds of little kids playing. Right. And then it actually goes a step further where something actually touched him. Yeah. See, to me, like that that's it's just weird yes like, it, i think it, i think um when it comes to things like that it's just very unpredictable you know sometimes people see them other sometimes they actually you right. know touch or or physically harm people you know is it true because i've heard this before that the dead sometimes make noises it is true but not in the per uh, um there's a there's a very thin line between science and paranormal okay the paranormal and that's where the very thin line is at um the a person after they die they do sometimes make noises they moan or they um they burp or they fart so really yeah and it's just natural gases uh, bubbling up especially like if like if uh the person has just passed and it's a very bumpy ride um nine times out of ten you'll hear like a like a burp or a moan or it, it sounds like a gargling liquid almost like just so it sounds like he's they're kind of choking but it's really just the gases releasing okay. from your body i had heard a story whether it's true or not one guy told me um years ago that he was there when they were fixing up his father or i don't know what fixing up meant maybe they were bathing him or something mm -hmm. but he said that his father was on his back and uh, he was nude so he said that he covered up his father's private. Mm -hmm. I guess out of respect for him seeing his father that way. Right. And he said that he could have swore he heard his father talk. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily a sentence, but like maybe like a word or two. Yeah. Does, does that happen? Is that possible? Um, I don't think words. Maybe maybe he moaned or something that made it sound like words. Okay. Uh, because um, like I said, it's gas. Everybody's different. It just depends all on the mercy of Mother Nature. Okay, now, is it possible, my second story that I've heard, again, whether it's true or not, I'm asking you, I asked uh, my one of my past guests the same question, and he said, yes, it is, it is possible what I'm about to ask. Mm -hmm. Is it true that sometimes the bodies move on their own? Yes, sometimes um, they do, like they jitter or something, it's natural reflexes of the body, mm -hmm. and that usually happens before rigor mortis starts to kick in and rigor mortis is another like another a whole another thing um but it has to do along with the lines like a lot of people think that we break bones to make you fit in a casket we don't ever do that no okay we don't we will never never that's okay. it, it won't happen um and um we'll find a way to make you fit you know, but hmm. we won't go and purposely break your arm. Um, usually what happens at the time of the removal, uh -huh. um, after, uh, right before the person is checking in, if this person has passed, what we do is we'll, we'll, we'll start massaging or we'll just gently work 
like say the arm is like this from a car accident and okay. stuff and we'll gently start to work it until we break the muscles okay. and make the make the you know arm Strained go to, to where we want it to go but we will never go and just like break you and right okay um have you ever heard of any stories maybe from co-workers or friends that um bodies have sat up or yes yeah really? i've yeah i've heard i've heard from uh, one of uh the um, one of the embalmers that used to work there uh when i first started that uh they were embalming uh someone and they turned around to get something out of the drawer mm -hmm. and the the body just like i don't know it just like sat up like it just almost sat up really like, they don't know if it was like muscles or what but that the body literally was at laying flat on their back and it stood up like that not completely like but it just went up it was it was it was crazy and i was like are you sure and she's like yeah she's like it was the scariest thing i've ever experienced she's like the the first thing that i thought was science she's like but as a human it freaked me out because you know and i also heard another story of um i think he's a pastor now and he goes around uh, telling his testimony. Uh -huh. um, I don't know if it happened here in the U.S. or in Mexico, but um, that he was on the embalming table, okay. and they had cut his uh, his um, his vein to to start the embalming process, and he was already bled out almost, and he just spoke up. He got up, and he still has the scar, and he sh he tells everybody about his testimony. And he goes around preaching to people because, you know, telling that I was on the embalming table and, you know, you know, respecting everybody's beliefs right. that, you know, that God raised him from from that embalming table. And, um, yeah, he goes around telling, yeah. telling his testimony or his story or whatever. Uh, it, and I've heard it from multiple people, too, which is weird, is that it's not something that oh, I could just want. I've heard it from um, I was talking to I was on tour in New Mexico. And um, I don't know how the conversation came up. And I told him, I was like, yeah, well, I heard this creepy story about, you know, this this pastor who goes around telling his testimony about, he's, he's like, you know what? I heard that story too. He's like, my, my mom told me about that. So, so he is a pastor. Right. Okay, just in case people want to Google it, mm -hmm. this is possibly available for public knowledge if people right. want to research it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to research it because I've never heard that story. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a close friend that told me that he was pronounced brain dead for over 45 minutes mm -hmm. and he came back mm -hmm. and uh, I shared his story here I'll, I'll leave him unnamed but he was pronounced brain dead mm -hmm. and he was just there and family came and he said his grandmother came and I prayed over him mm -hmm. uh, of course he didn't hear it the prayer obviously but he said when he woke up that his grandmother was right there pretty much yelling him he thought he didn't know what he was he thought he was in trouble because his grandmother was yelling it but right. he started making out the words that she was praying for him right and that's his testimony you know and, and i said look if this is true who, who else has a story like that yeah. pronounced brain dead you're dead for 45 minutes and then you wake up yeah it's it's very rare there's actually a a story it made it made uh i think it made fox mm -hmm. um of a girl who uh they found her alive in the in the mortuary. I think this was like three or four months ago. She was pronounced dead at her home. Uh -huh. 
and they were trying to resuscitate her like they either gave her that adrenaline shot or whatever right. and they they just couldn't get a pulse so they pronounced her dead um she had prior medical conditions so it wasn't suspicious mm -hmm. so the mortuary went ahead and came and picked her up um when the mortuary uh, picked her up, I think it was a few hours later when they began to uh, they were they were going to begin the process for uh, funeral services. Mm -hmm. um, that they found the girl with vital signs. Wow. She had a pulse. And this was just recent. Yeah, just recent. So they had to call the paramedics to come back, and um, they picked her up, and they took her to the hospital, and she recovered, which is totally crazy. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty freaky you know mm -hmm. uh, I'm gonna share something uh, respecting people's beliefs and since we're somewhat on the subject of people passing and coming back um, somebody one day on one of the comments said uh, uh, Tony A is a closet evangelical okay no I'm not okay I do want to share this that I wouldn't whatever I believe I would never put myself in a box by giving myself a name Right. Okay. Two reasons that it what intrigued me about reading the Bible was a, a personal close friend of mine that was a mentor. Now, whether people want to believe in the Bible or not, just listen to this as a story. But this is what happened to me. One of the guys that mentored me when I was in my early twenties, uh, he he helped me understand ancient history. And one of the last books that he gave me was the Bible. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the 1611 King James. So he said, do not read it as a religious book. So reading all 66 books, okay? I, I, I read it from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, from John, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, First, Second, I just read them all. I was very intrigued, but one thing that really stood out to me was the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Once again, respecting everybody's beliefs, whether they believe in it or not, at least hear me out. Um, in the court of law today, all it takes is one person to say, I saw him commit the crime. Mm -hmm. So can you point him out? Yes, there he is. Right. That's him. By one person's testimony, you can um, be convicted, do life or go to the chair or be gassed, you right. know, by one person's. So as I began to read all four gospels, okay, and these are eyewitnesses who walked, who ate, who taught, who heard, supposedly Jesus teach. Okay, a 33-year-old man. Um, he, they say he died, uh, he was crucified, put in a tomb, and on the third day he rose. Now, it takes one person to um, point somebody out to convict them, okay, to prove, that's my point, to prove that um, one person is guilty. Now, I began to read, and it said that after his resurrection, over 500 people saw him alive. Over 500 people. So now, mm -hmm. once again, respecting everybody's beliefs, whether people want to say the Bible is being rewritten, just hear me out. It could just be a story. Okay. But, um, and I'm not here to defend the Bible, but I'm just telling you what I read and what intrigued me. Um, here, one man can put you away and prove your guilt or your innocence. Here you had over 500 people that saw him. Mm -hmm. And that's what intrigued me other than the history part. And that's what caused me to research things. So I guess that's why they call him the resurrection because he's the only one that ever resurrected. Right. Okay. And stayed alive. Mm -hmm. From what we know, people have died and have come back. Mm -hmm. 
to me, not only is it freaky, but it's also fascinating. Right. Because you, you would like to sit down and talk to these people and possibly ask them, what, what did you see? What did you see? What did it feel like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's just all, there's a, like a lot of things that can happen. Like, like I said, there's a very thin line between science and supernatural things. Right. Like we don't know if it was just the human body reacting to whatever, or if it was actually a supernatural experience. You yeah. Know? A lot of, like we're, we're a lot of the times it's confused because um, I like to think that we're all human and we make mistakes, and not all doctors are perfect. Not like like not everybody is perfect. Right. So um, I think it's important to keep our head grounded for certain things like that but um it it certainly does like hit you like a curveball no it it really does it really does and you know for people that they hear me quote the bible i don't ever preach at anybody but i'm just sharing what i simply read because i was really intrigued then the story that we hear Mm -hmm. you talk about uh decomposing rigor mortis uh, there was a uh, a person in the Bible by the name of Lazarus, and we know that he was already dead for three days, right. and Christ called him, and he rose from the dead, according to what these ancient writings have said. Mm-hmm. Okay, that kind of stuff intrigued me because when do you ever hear about stuff like that? Right. So that's why I was asking about this pasture. Is it public knowledge where people can look it up? Because if it is, then people should look into it. You right. Know? I've never personally looked into it, like Googled it or uh-huh. nothing. Um. I never had the idea to do it till now. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I've heard this story from multiple people that have told me, and that they've told me they heard the same thing too. And then about the 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 one that just happened a couple of months ago. Uh huh. Yeah, that one was on the news. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, we're gonna go ahead and switch gears up here in a moment. So mm-hmm. what we're gonna do? We're gonna take a five minute intermission time, and uh, we'll be back. Okay. So, okay, everybody. Uh, once again, we want to thank you for tuning in so far and uh, we're going to take a five minute intermission break we'll be back so please hang in there um, once again freakytales uh, gmail.com podcast at gmail.com if you want to email us your story we'll try to get to them I, you know I always try to get to them I try to, to do two three four if possible uh, or you can follow us on Instagram at um, freakytales podcast on Instagram as well so We'll be back in a moment. Give us five minutes and we'll pick it up right where we left off. Thank you. Welcome back, everyone, to Freaky Tales Podcast. We'd like to thank everybody who's tuned in, everybody who's still on. I hope everybody's having fun on the live chat. I know we had a couple of people that were being a little negative, but you know what? We took care of that. And uh, I won't be mentioning it anymore. We're just having somebody monitor it and kicking these people out that are making you feel somewhat uncomfortable uh, because they're acting somewhat freaky. So, um, once again, uh, allow me to promote freakytalespodcast at gmail.com. If you want to share your story, please email us. Uh, it could be a story that has been passed down through family. Maybe it's happened to you. Maybe it's happened to a friend or whatnot. If you want to be named, that's fine. If you want to be uh, named anonymous, that's fine too. Also, freakytalespodcast on Instagram. You can follow us there for future content. And we thank you for tuning in and once again uh the freaky tales podcast uh online store will be out soon hopefully a week or two where we're gonna make a a merch available for you guys uh we have two stories that we're gonna share at the very end um and uh but before we get into that once again magic girl thank you for coming and sharing with us i truly appreciate 
you come in i know uh fans of the podcast appreciate you know your story not only do they know you as who you are as a, as a musician as an artist but also now what, what you do and I'm, I'm pretty sure those who didn't know is probably freaked out by it but this is yeah. a freaky tales podcast right so yeah um th there was something that you wanted to share that we didn't get a chance to in the last segment oh yeah so yeah there um one of the uh many exciting things about the mortuary um for those uh just tuning in is some of the paranormal stuff that goes on down there yeah there is this uh we call him the top hat guy hmm. he is a tall man in a long black jacket and wears like a top hat and he likes to make occasional appearances in our care center whether it's with the embalmers with our dispatch when uh just in corners or you know making noises in the garage hmm. um and that's where i go back to i i truly believe that something happened there at one point that mortuary has been around for years okay. like years so 40 50 or even more uh, mm -hmm. okay. yeah so um i really do believe that something happened there that really nobody knows about because there's crypts and mausoleums there hmm. that have uh people dated all the way from like 1950 1960 or something like that okay yeah and then there's times where people get freaked out um i know there's there was a, a question somebody asked me like do um where they hear noises in the mausoleum sometimes they're just caskets exploding okay explain a casket exploding yeah it, it what it is is that the, the gases and everything accumulate with the heat and all that and the pressure just releases and boom so so, so it, it does happen okay. it does happen like some people like wonder like oh that's weird or there's a zombie or something like no it's just natural gases kind of like when you know we were talking about when the decedents moan or or make noises right um some just the gases sometimes accumulate and then just the pressure just releases now when we say exploding just it's not like a an explosion an explosion yeah like a just a loud like just release of of compression just okay. kind of like that not like body parts flying in the air and okay. stuff like that there is sometimes where maybe maybe the concrete is cracked and stuff like that but it's okay. just like a release of just psh. wow you know now when you see a top hat um the reason why i'm asking to be a little bit more specific is because there is a man for years that has appeared all over the world and they call him the hat man mm -hmm. they even made a movie after the hat man this is a a flat hat that goes completely around mm. is that kind of what, what yeah is it like just the like the it just seems like very like old yes and and um i shared a story last week where my brother um um, and I call him my brother because he's a close friend. Right. You know, um, he shared with me how he has proof and I'm trying to get him from him, the pictures that he took. And he said, and on one of them, I have the, the hat man in one of the mm -hmm. pictures. The creepy thing about it that he said that it's on, it's on his old phone and he's trying to either text it or email it to other people. Um, mm -hmm. And it doesn't appear on them only on his phone. Mm -hmm. So he says, you have to come over and see it. Mm -hmm. So either I'm going to have to take a, a picture of it or, or something. Yeah. But, yeah, you, know. you know, it's crazy that you say that. Um, I, I've also heard that supposedly a friend of ours had shared a story and, and sh showed us some pictures of when uh, their, their dad passed. Uh -huh. And their, their whole family were, were, they were believers in Christ. Okay. So they were very into church, very into, mm -hmm. you know, the word of God. And um, 
they were overly they were just very happy and excited and they loved to show the pictures to everybody because um they had the the peace and reassurance that they needed at that moment um that their father had passed in peace um and a lot of people say that when people who are believers that angels angels themselves come down for okay. the spirit when you say believers people that believe in god correct okay correct people who believe in God and that uh, suppose that the angels themselves come down for the spirit and they said that while the while the dad was passing they were taking pictures and wow. they said the same minute that he died there was a, a bright white fluorescent light in the photo wow this is weird which yeah. is it was just like weird not that you were talking about that it reminded me of that see see and, and I don't doubt things like that because i don't think that people would want to glorify a picture over a deceased loved one right you know it, the sad thing is that there are some sick people that would try to lie and i don't know just to post on social media or to get likes or to yeah. try to sell the picture or whatnot i don't get down like that yeah. uh, i don't approve of a lot of these fake ghost hunters out there first of all I, i'm not gonna go looking for a ghost Right, right. I'm not going to go looking for a murderer. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go looking for trouble. You know, a lot of times these people, they think that it's fun and games. And at the, at the very end of their 45 minute show, they don't show anything other than uh, somebody kicked a can or somebody threw a rock. And it's, did you guys hear that? Yeah. And that was it. Then they'll say, we felt really creepy. How do we know that you felt that? Right. Like, think, it, I know it's entertainment. I know it's Hollywood. Mm -hmm. I get it. But uh, I would rather talk about something that happened, something that's real, right. you know? Mm -hmm. And one thing that we can say about people that tell stories like that, the truth never changes. When people lie, they always add to it. it the story always changes or they don't remember. Mm -hmm. But the truth will always be the truth. They'll remember line upon line what they said. Mm -hmm. And, um, but now, switching it up a little bit, I wanted to talk about a subject that I believe it's never really talked about in paranormal podcasts or paranormal shows. Mm -hmm. Talk about demon possession. Okay. Now there's a possession and then there's oppression. Possession is when you are totally controlled mm -hmm. by uh, a demon. Okay. Now referring to the 1611 King James Bible, mm -hmm. I'm referring to because this is what I read in there. When people say, I was possessed by the devil, I usually like to say no, because I like to reference back to what I've read, and I'll tell you why. In, in the scriptures, you read that there's only two people that Satan himself mm -hmm. has only ever possessed, which was Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed, mm -hmm. uh, uh, the betrayer, okay? And uh, the one who most people in the church would consider themselves futurists because they believe that the book of revelation is still to come so if it's still to come there's a man going to be coming uh and the uh the scriptures reference him to the antichrist mm -hmm. okay in those scriptures and i believe it's revelation chapter 13 you guys can look it up they talk about how satan himself will possess this man so we have two references that judas was possessed by the devil himself and so with this anti-christ person mm -hmm. i believe that people are oppressed and possessed by demons right. okay not that it's any better or any less right. still evil now um oppress possessed you're being totally controlled 
oppressed it's either you're being atta attacked you're troubled either uh, mentally or even physically you're being attacked that's what the word oppressed means look it up and i'm sure there's other meanings you can uh look up uh, oppressed and possessed now in the movie the exorcist that traumatized me when i was six years old you know the girl named reagan actually when they ask her uh what is your name the priest in the movie asks her what is your name she says i am the devil now when you kindly untie these straps right okay it it freaked me out as a six-year-old kid because you're hearing someone saying i am possessed by the devil himself now I, here's what i'm going to challenge my listeners other than the bible again and i'm not preaching to anyone but this is where i got my info from right you won't find any other um writings where it talks more about the devil actually than the bible right that's where it ultimately sort of comes from yes you know and uh, i know some people don't like to hear that because when you mention the bible right we think oh you're going to judge them but I, I never read the bible like that i read it as a history book and there were things in there that intrigued me right. and that's what i'm sharing mm -hmm. um tells us what lucifer looks like mm -hmm. tells us what how lucifer's body is made made of mm -hmm. uh, uh his outer out outer body and inner body what he, he, he is mm -hmm. uh even gives them different names whether it be lucifer whether it be belial whether it be satan what the devil whatever mm -hmm. now i believe and i want my listeners to listen closely um whether you believe me or not do your own research as a matter of fact, I encourage you to do your own research, and you should. You shouldn't just take my word for it. Mm -hmm. I believe that there are people that are demonically possessed and don't even know it. Mm -hmm. I, I believe that that is true, you know. Um, I have been in the presence of demonically possessed people. Um, I have seen demons or evil cast out of people. Um, I like to say I was at the wrong place at the wrong time, right. you know, but I, I've seen it. Any thoughts on that so far before we move on, on what I've shared with you? Maybe you want to add, maybe you want to dispute, you a skeptic. Mm -hmm. Um, um, I, no, I'm a, I'm a believer and a strong believer that there is, um, uh, you know, demons and stuff that walk the earth and uh -huh. like to, you know, right. do their doings. Um, I, I, like I said earlier, I, I, I strongly believe that like depression and suicidal thoughts and stuff like that are part of, you know, uh, possibly oppression, oppression, correct. Yeah, you're being attacked, right. you know, mentally mm -hmm. and physically. And a lot of times, some of you that are listening right now could be going through things like this and it isn't somewhat something you might've done. And then it could be the things that you're probably involved in mm -hmm. that, draws attention to that and they right. come yeah you know um years ago there was a book written in the 70s and i won't name the author you guys look it up when i read this book it really freaked me out mm -hmm. it really freaked me out I, I believe it was in the 70s or early 80s but it was called just just the title alone when i saw it i had to get it but i was almost afraid to even open up the pages because of what I was going to read, but it was called Satan is Alive and Well on Planet Earth. Wow. Like, think, think about that. That's crazy. Yeah. The title says it all. Yeah. So you guys, when you guys get a chance, if you guys are interested, 
uh, check it out. Satan is alive and well on planet Earth, and it gives you all the history. Mm -hmm. And the good thing about this book is that he gives all his references where he got his information from mm -hmm. so that you yourself can do your homework. Right. You know, as a matter of fact, I still have that book. I met the author and he autographed it. You oh, know? Well. Yeah. And um, so look it up, you guys. As yeah. a matter of fact, the author is actually still alive. Um, mm -hmm. But I read a lot of books on demonology, not because I wanted to be involved in it, but because I was intrigued mm -hmm. what we would call the dark side. Mm -hmm. You know, there is something about evil where for some reason it draws men, it calls men. Mm -hmm. And when I say man, I'm speaking about men and women. Right. You know, it, it just does. And some people are intrigued by it. Um, some people go a little deeper than others. Mm -hmm. And when I say that um, there are things that you could be doing that can be possibly causing you to be oppressed or even possessed, mm -hmm. it's because of the things that you've done. People you surround yourself with things you're involved in. Mm -hmm. You know, um, let me share this one story before, you know, I open it up and allow you to elaborate. One of the guys that, um, well, there were two people in my life that mentored me. And one was in the early 90s and one was in the early 2000s. In the early 90s, um, this guy was a very, very well-educated man. Um, he believed in the power of prayer. But he was an educated man. It wasn't so much a, a pastor or anything like that. Mm -hmm. He just believed in praying, mm -hmm. you know? He believed in praying and fasting. And for people that may not know what fasting is, it's when you don't eat. Mm -hmm. You die to yourself, mm -hmm. you know? And you spend that quality time, the way, in his words, with God, right. okay, in prayer. So um, one day he invited me over and he says, um, what are you going to be doing tonight? And I said, oh, nothing why what's up every time i hung around with this guy again he is my mentor he's the one that educated me he said why don't you come through he said uh i'm gonna be having a friend over mm -hmm. and i said oh okay cool you know and i'm thinking who's this friend every time i go over to his house it's just me and him right you know and me and him would talk about whether egypt assyria babylon persia rome greece and he would just share all these stories with me well, he had this uh, individual there, and um, and I just thought it was so so weird that this guy was sitting in a chair, his a guy that he considered a friend, mm -hmm. mid twenties, and he looked almost like nervous, almost uh, a little scared when I showed up. Why I don't know, mm -hmm. and. Um, he pulls me to the side, my mentor, and he says, hey, come here to the kitchen. You want something to drink? And I'm like, yeah, okay. And he goes, oh, he said, do me a favor. He said, um, don't let this guy leave. And I said, my words were like, well, I'm not going to hold anybody against their will. Like, right? I thought it was like what are freaky. we doing? And he says this, okay. And I remember he had making himself like some type of shake or something. He was shaking. He goes, you'll know what I'm talking about. Right. So he protein shake or whatever he was making so and then he says hey, okay hey listen man i'll go ahead and uh we'll talk later read that book or whatnot but before you leave um and he tells me close the door so now i'm kind of getting freaked out and he says um let's let's pray together so he asked this individual to hold hands with him mm -hmm. and this was the first time that i've ever seen anything like this um the guy grabbed his hands, and as soon as he began to pray, 
he wasn't shot or nothing. He just started praying. He let go, this individual, and this my mentor, my friend, grabbed his hands, and he let go again. Mm-hmm. So now, I, in my mind, I, I'm like, what the heck is going on here? So then he grabs his hand and he slaps my friend's hands. Mm-hmm. And he grabs his knees and at that time he just yells, no, mm-hmm. that's what he said. And my friend lays his hand on his forehead and this guy got down on his knees on all fours like a dog mm-hmm. and ran to the door. I got terrified and moved out the way and this guy was trying to open the door with his mouth. He had the doorknob in his mouth. And I never saw anything like that. And he told me, grab his legs. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking to myself, I don't even want to touch this guy. Yeah. He prayed over him in about 10, 15 minutes or whatnot. The Mm -hmm. guy was, um, I guess, delivered. Mm -hmm. That's that's the right word. Right. And um, after he left, I asked what happened. And he said, um, I'm not going to get into it, you see, because I know you want to understand. Well, he didn't explain to me right then and there, mm-hmm. but he explained to me later. That guy was demonically possessed. Whether he was or not, mm-hmm. and I want to say that loud and clear, whether he was or not, that's what I witnessed. Right. Ever had any experiences like that or know of anyone like that or anybody shared um, with you? My cousin, my cousin actually, well, it was. it's a little bit different. It's not like, you know, human possession, but um, she had... Um, this piggy bank this glass piggy bank Mm -hmm. and it was a little clown and um for whatever reason like she would wake up like we'd have sleepovers and stuff and she would wake up and the the piggy bank would be moved Uh like she'd ask like hey mom did you move it no or ask my grandpa did you move it no and every night she'd put it back and it would be back in the same like back where she would see it wow so it started freaking her out until she started um she just doesn't like till this day she is terrified of clowns you can't she can't see clowns nothing because she's terrified so it got to a point where my grandpa got tired of it and was like oh you need to stop you know you stop tripping pretty much and um he grabbed it and he broke it into a bunch of little pieces Mm -hmm. and threw it away in the in the um trash can in the alley in the box right so the next morning she gets up and she's walking to school she sees that that piggy bank in the alley like pointed directly towards her complete complete not with not a scratch or nothing on it like if it was never broken see and and for people that are listening to stuff like this like how how do you explain that you can't yeah it's hard to explain like either I, i feel like the way humanity is it's just either you're crazy or not yeah you know whether whatever the definition of crazy is you know either you're crazy or not you know when i asked my friend about when he was telling me about that this individual was demonically possessed Mm -hmm. i'm just going to be 100 percent real with you i didn't see him the same anymore Mm -hmm. i almost saw him as like like what do you possess that you could have cast that right out of him like you know he shared with me a story and of course he referenced the book of genesis okay Mm -hmm. and he talked about the story of adam and eve which i thought was you know because i'm thinking to myself what does adam and eve have to do with demon possession right okay 
But the way he shared it with me, I thought it was very, very interesting. He said this, you had Adam and then you have Eve. At that time, he said, uh, the world was perfect, he said. And um, there was only two people on earth, Adam and Eve. He goes, when the serpent came, he goes, we know it's the devil, and spoke to Eve. He said, why do you think it was a serpent? And, and I didn't have an answer. Right. And I said, uh, I don't, I don't know. And he said, because Satan needed a body. Hmm. He needed a body. And then he, he began to elaborate and open up a little bit more about demonic possession. Hmm. And uh, I thought that was pretty interesting because I've never heard it like that. We just, we like to think that it was just a snake that was just, Right, you know, he just, oh, I'm going to choose a snake today. Right. You know. He said he needed a body. He said uh, he entered earth illegally and he needed a body and that's how he deceived he goes now think about this he deceived um both of them just with his with his tongue with words mm -hmm. you know you look at people like charles manson you look at people like hitler who and just to name a few jim jones uh um that never actually killed anyone right but with the power with the of the tongue. tongue you know which is to me that's it could be good for it could be used for good or it could be used for evil. Right. You know, my second story that I want to share with our listeners and, and believe me, I don't, I don't like sharing stuff like this and I wish I didn't have stories like this to share. Mm -hmm. But I have seen and heard and been around too many things not to share and that's why we were encouraged to start up a Freaky Tales podcast. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, um, Another friend of mine, this happened back in 2001. This man was a minister. He was a minister. Well, he, he is. And he was going to seminary to uh, start up his own church. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, he told me that his ministry or his calling was prayer and fasting. He was another praying man. And when I say praying man, let me tell you something. Even though I didn't believe him. Right. He would tell me that sometimes a day he would pray up to five hours. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to doubt that, you know, him. Right. But sometimes I have trouble just saying thank you, Lord, for this food. Right. You know, but for five hours, you know. So one day he calls me and he would always instill in me a good education, whether it be about, you know, anything, just about life on how to be a better person, how to be a better man and uh, how to be a better father, okay? And uh, one day he told me, he says, hey, um, what are you gonna be doing? Um, I, I believe it was a Tuesday. He said, what are you gonna be doing Tuesday? And I said, um, I don't know why, what's going on? I keep, keep in mind this man is probably in his mid fifties. And uh, he goes, oh, why don't you come over? He said, I'm, we're gonna have a group gathering. And I mm -hmm. said, okay, cool. So I went over there and what I saw literally changed my life on how I viewed evil and how I viewed the, the paranormal, the, the supernatural realm from what I saw. And I wish I could erase it, but I can't. Mm -hmm. um, I walk in and there was like six people there. And um, they were praying and I'll be honest with you, I didn't want to walk in there. Mm -hmm. I always, always felt like I was intruding, so I felt, I felt right. let me wait outside. Yeah. So he sees me and he calls me in. You know, and I was like, okay, I would walk in through the back door. Come over here. So I waited in the corner. And it was just, as he was dismissing the group, what I'm not sure exactly what they were doing, mm -hmm. 
he told the group, I'm going to um, uh, take prayer requests. Since he was a praying man, he said, oh, I'm going to take prayer requests. Anybody has a prayer request, it could be unspoken or it could be, you know, maybe you need uh, a financial blessing, maybe you need healing or whatnot. A couple of people went up and he would hold hands with them and pray with them. Mm -hmm. As he would pray with them, they would leave. Hold hands with another individual and they would leave. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes some people say, you know, my shoulders hurt, can you pray for healing or whatnot? That's what happened. But this one individual that was in the corner almost next to me kept saying, I want prayer. And he kept avoiding him. And I'm wondering, nobody else is volunteering for prayer, but you're choosing to pray for these other people before this guy. Right. That's what's going through my mind. Right, right. And um, this guy said, oh, I, I need prayer. So he ignores him and goes to the At least I thought he was ignoring him. Right. He goes to the next person. And it finally comes to him, and that was just us three. Mm -hmm. So he asks me, he says, uh, Tony, uh, before we get into it, do you need prayer? And I was like, no, I'm cool. That's just what I told him. I, I'm trying to figure out what am I doing there. So he tells this individual, um, come here, come forward. Mm -hmm. I know I know you need prayer and I know why you need it. Right. And uh, he said, uh, put your hands on, to the side. That's what he said. Mm -hmm. Laid his hands on his forehead and then this individual lifted up his hands mm -hmm. and grabbed his hand and slapped it. So he puts his hand again, lays it on. This guy does one of these numbers, grabs his hand, and puts it down. I'm starting to see this guy's facial expression start to change. Mm -hmm. He laid his hands again, and it's almost like this individual knew what was about to happen. Right. He pushed his hand away with his forehead, and he fell flat on his stomach, and he was squirming with his shoulders, and he had his tongue sticking out almost like he was imitating a serpent and he was making noises mm -hmm. and he tells me mm -hmm. grab his legs and i heard that again and i'm like here we go again <laughs> yeah I, I don't want to be a part of this i'm thinking and right. then he scares the living hell out of me when mm -hmm. he tells me this mm -hmm. he says grab his legs and pray and i'm going to say this loud and clear he said or it's going to go into your mouth wow. that's what he said so i didn't have time because to say why right so i was just repeating what he was saying i'm terrified of holding his legs and this guy had supernatural strength mm -hmm. after about 10 minutes of him praying he was delivered you could see mm -hmm. it's almost you know it was the second time that i saw someone get delivered from whatever was going on in his life whether it was a demon or whatnot right they had this glow about them mm -hmm. it was just so weird mm -hmm. and um after when we were sitting down my friend went to the room to go get him something. So I'm looking at this individual and I'm asking him, what did you do? And here's what he said. His words, not mine. Messing around with black magic. And that's what he said, messing around with black magic. And I said, oh, okay. I didn't even want to get close to that guy. Yeah. So whatever he gave himself to open the door mm -hmm. for that to come in. Yeah. You know, so I know my story was kind of long, but I right. had to give it from beginning to the yeah. end so people to grasp uh, the full understanding of at least the demonic possession that I witnessed. Yeah, and it's funny you say, you know, playing with black magic. There's also other things like that are out there, like, a, like the Ouija board and stuff like that. I strongly believe that when people purposely try to contact 
or try to uh, play or be, you know, in that in that realm. They're just asking for things like that to happen. Whether it's like possession or like you said, oppression. Like either way, like you're you're pretty much asking, you know, whatever spirits to come and just torture you. Yeah, you know, when we first started this um, podcast, had a friend, and he is a friend. I guess he just told me as a prop. Here's what he said. Mm -hmm. I got a Ouija board if you want it. I didn't even want it in this building. Right. You know, I didn't even want it. And I said, nah, why would you even offer that? Yeah. And he shot a picture and he sent it to me. And he goes, it's brand new. He mm -hmm. said, we never used it. Mm -hmm. You know, we just had it like in the storage or whatever. Right. Nah, I'm good. Funny you bring that up because today, somebody from social media tells me, hey, check this out. And I don't think this person's a bad person. I, I, don't, I only know him from social media. Right. But maybe because he knows I do this podcast, maybe he thought it would be a nice prop. Right. So he said, look, it's on uh, Facebook, it's real cheap. It looks old. Uh, um, it's a limited edition and they only want 35 bucks. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I know why they want to get rid of it. That thing's evil. Yeah, you know? and if it's a limited edition, I wonder what kind of spirits it has inside of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's one thing that I do not I do not play with. I, I, don't, I don't get into, you know, uh, Ouija boards. I don't get into, you know, black magic. I don't care if you want to call it white magic. Uh, and I don't mean to offend anyone when I say this. And please understand. But knowing me, what type of scaredy cat I am, I, I'm not into palm readings. Yeah, me, me either. And it's like I said, it's respecting. It's just my personal belief, my personal opinion, yeah. my, what I personally feel. I, I don't like any of that stuff. It, uh, I don't like to be around it. I don't like to talk about it. There was this uh, one time where I was walking down. Um, I was walking at the Cajones in LA. Yeah. And there was some guy who does like limpias or something. And he, he everybody he was that passed by him, he was touching with like an oil. Now, now when you say limpias, for, for those that may not understand the Spanish word, yeah. it, it was it was uh, like a, a cleansing. A cleansing. Like a cleansing of uh, evil spirits and oh, stuff right, like that. Right. So... Um, I, I don't know what the oil was and he was just like picking and just like flicking it at people yeah like, like no it was like a little like a little uh, piece of bamboo with an oil and oh. he was just touching people with it oh no and I thought like it was weird and somehow I got distracted and um, I, I looked um, I was looking the other way and he was right here and it was weird because I saw him at with my peripheral that he was going to reach over uh -huh. and I went like this I went like this and he he went like this back but when he the second he went like this I, I don't know who said it I heard somebody say no hmm. and he was just he just looked at me like he didn't make no eye contact he just looked at me and looked down and then he kept like just doing what he was doing and I thought it was weird like I was just so scared I was like like what happened you know like i didn't want him to touch me right. that's why i like i jolted but somebody i don't know who said it i heard as soon as he went like this i heard somebody say no and he wow. and he just like looked at me didn't make no eye contact he uh -huh. just looked down and, and i was like dude that is that's scary you know like i don't like that stuff no no you know what you said the callejones which is the alleys of la which mm -hmm. was would be maybe an outdoor flea market yeah okay mm -hmm. and, and and i like to share that for people that may not live in LA because I know in New York they call them flea markets they don't call them swap meets or whatnot mm -hmm. but for my listeners at the swap meets and at in the alleys of LA 
you come across a lot of people like that. Yeah. A lot of people like that. Um, and me being a Swami baby, I remember I was 21, 22 years old and I'm walking around. I remember uh, I went to go visit a good friend that sold uh, music at the Swami. Mm -hmm. I'm walking around. I remember because those nachos were so good. I was walking <laughs> around eating nachos. Okay. Right. And uh, there was a man and I remember a guy walking around and I was almost like in back of him and he's to the side and I know he was carrying a book. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was weird that who would come to the Swami carrying a, car carry a book. Right. And I'm trying to look and I'm over here trying to scope, you know, and Holy Bible. That's, mm -hmm. You know, so he's walking around holding like this big, thick black book. Mm -hmm. And a lady approached him and I remember this and I never forgot it. This lady told him, I can tell you your future. So he told him mm -hmm. all in Spanish. And he said this, he turned around and it was almost like fire rose up within him. And he said, mm -hmm. and I could tell you yours. Mm -hmm. And if you don't let that go, you're going to end up in hell. Mm -hmm. That's what he said. Frightened the hell out of me. Right. You know, whether I agree with that or not, I thought it was shocked that he... It was he, scary period. Yes, it was just mm -hmm. scary period. That doesn't mean that, you know, we're trying to offend anybody who may believe in that stuff. Right. I'm just sharing what I saw and what I heard. It really freaked me out. And he started almost like um, sharing with her. Like, you need to let that go. You don't mm -hmm. realize where it comes from. And he started sharing the origins of whatever mm -hmm. she might have been claiming she knew or mm -hmm. whatnot. And the lady just sat there and kind of took it and eventually kind of walked backwards and walked away. Right. You know, but... Um, there's just some stuff you don't want to play around with because you don't know what doors you're going to open. Right. And and I think it's I think it's weird how people want to be like, oh, um, you know, preachy this or God this and that. But if you really pay close attention to a lot of positions or a lot of supernatural activity, uh -huh. most of the time, 90 percent of the time, there's somebody speaking biblical reference. Yes. Like. You know, to me, it doesn't make sense that you want that people say like, you know, this is my opinion that that they want to be like, oh, you're preaching. It's not about being preachy is that it, like, it's just don't you think it's kind of awkward that 90 percent of the time yeah. it's it's all based off biblical reference, you know? So it's like what like what really goes on, you know, like, yeah, like what what is it? It makes you wonder, like, what is what is the truth in that situation? You know? Yeah. And, and you know what, the, I think stuff like that is what really intrigues me because as a kid, um, I you know, two books that I've always heard of growing up, one was the Quran, mm -hmm. one was the, uh, the Bible. Right. And when I, when I say that, I'm talking about maybe up to 15 years old. That's all I heard. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what the Quran was. I didn't know what the Bible was, but I knew it was a, people would tell me it's a book of mysteries. Right. Okay, yeah. nobody understands it. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. And then you hear people say, the Bible's been rewritten, rewritten, and rewritten. Then I find out later that it wasn't necessarily rewritten. It was just translated to uh, people to understand it a simpler, a right. simpler, I guess, language. And I get it. I understand it. You know, but um, so what I did, I read it in all translations, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I studied a little bit of Hebrew. I studied a little bit of Greek because those are the original languages that it was written in. It wasn't right. written in English. Mm -hmm. George Washington didn't write it. You know, saying it was written right. by 40 different uh, 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 writers. But according to the scriptures, one author, and that was 
God, so they say. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, every time I watch a either it's a paranormal uh, or a documentary or a special, adding to what you said, these so-called scholars always reference the Bible. Mm-hmm. It is. I think it's kind of weird that they would always do that. You know. Now, if it's not true, why would you reference it? You know. Right. Another thing that I looked into that I really, really like a lot is archaeology. Mm-hmm. And I found out that many, not all, but many archaeologists, when they go to the Middle East mm-hmm. and they want to excavate right. and they want to look for a certain town, village, or whatnot, whatever might have been built there, mm-hmm. they always go to uh, the Old Testament or um, and. If it, if it says it was buried there or it once stood there, let's go. And guess what they do? They'll go, es- excavate, go excavate and it's there. So those are the things that intrigue me. Yeah. That has nothing to do with preaching to someone. Right. You know, right. and I think that's what you're kind of. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's my point is that um, it's not necessarily like preaching or getting. Right. You know, but it's, it's referenced. Like, even if you, if you pay close attention for, you know, for people who are watching and, and do study the yeah. Bible. You yeah. know, not in a, you know, religious way, but just study it as, you know, like you said, as a history book. Yeah. Um, a lot of uh, creatures and monsters that are made up. Yeah. Are actually, you can find uh, not exactly, but similarities to them yeah. of things that are spoken about in the Bible. Yeah. You know, so that's why it kind of makes me wonder, like, what is, what is a, like, a, like the Loch Ness Monster? Yes. And there is, um, I was watching the this thing in it where it was referencing um the seven the seven princes of hell mm-hmm. which are the seven demons right. and one of the demons was actually of um it's it's even in the in the bible um of a like a deep sea creature wow um that comes out and that is not like um how'd you put it like it's it's so powerful like only god can tame him Okay. And and to me, I thought the first thing I thought was about the Loch Ness monster, like right. you know, about like a creepy right. creature in the water that comes out, and you know, yeah, and stuff like that. You, you know, know? And, and 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 those are things that, uh, I mean, that rarely come out. Whether it be the Loch Ness monster, whether it be Bigfoot, whether it be UFOs or aliens, right. you know. And soon, I am going to have somebody here that knows a lot, a lot about uh, aliens, UFOs outer space etc mm-hmm. and i've been saving those shows uh because um because of dates the month of october is a busy time for him right so i'm gonna get him in here i got other people that want to talk about oh the Loch Ness monster mm-hmm. and bigfoot mm-hmm. you know so eventually hope you guys uh be patient we only do one show a week mm-hmm. but now i hope we covered you know because you know we run out of time but right. i definitely want to get into the letter so i'm going to allow you to read one then i'll read one we're going to stick to two because of time and what we'll do is we'll open it up uh, a lot of times they they're not even asking questions they just want to share a story mm-hmm. and hopefully you could read because of the lighting sometimes it's kind of dim in here okay so so um this one is from bernadette martinez and she is talking about the santa muerte she says that i've had two experiences with santa muerte i have been researching about about her for a while i had made an altar in my bedroom and the first candle i lit was was for her to invite her into my to into my home and my life every day i i give her an offering and talk to her 
One day my mom was walking in the living room while I was in my room lighting candles and talking to the Santa Muerte. Later uh, the Santa Muerte, yeah. Later that day my mother told me she saw a young black girl in the hallway, uh, which she thought was odd because I didn't tell her I had any company. She asked her where she, where I was and she said that she's in her room. My mother said she smiled at her and said, I'm leaving now. She blinked and she was gone. My mother didn't tell me till the next day because she didn't want me to, she didn't want to freak me out. She described her as a young girl wearing red pants and a white shirt. This did not scare me, just made me think maybe I released her spirit of Santa Muerte that she had. Um, she has a second story. She has a second story. I had been working with Santa Muerte for about two to three months and I was still doing research. For some reason, I was having doubt in what I was doing. One night, I was going to bed, not even 10 minutes lying in my bed. I had felt a hand over my left shoulder and someone whispered in my left ear. Now, I couldn't hear what it was they said because I had the, the ceiling fan on high, but I believe and feel it was the Santa Muerte reassuring me not to doubt myself. Wow. Well, you know, I mean, how do I um, elaborate on that? When things begin to touch you, um, let me say this. I, that's something I wouldn't want no part of. Right. I just think to my, like, I've seen so many things and, and, and heard of so many things. Me, personally, I'm just like, why? why yeah. like are you bored like <laughs> yeah, yeah you know to me it's scary i don't i don't like any of that right. stuff. like and, i said i'm very sensitive to a lot of things and, and you know first of all i want to thank her for sharing mm -hmm. that with us it's interesting because yes. a lot of people won't even come out to say stuff like right. that you know they're like oh people are gonna judge me you right. know like i said i'm not here judging you i'm just expressing my personal opinions yes. my personal feelings about it and that's all we but, can do right but I think it's it's really dope that she came out and told her story because who knows there might be somebody else, you know, doing the same thing as her, right. questioning like does has this ever happened to anybody? Am I the only one? Or right, you know, when you start seeing things, supernatural things, paranormal things, however you want to call it, mm -hmm. I don't want to see none of those things. I don't want no, nothing touching me. Right. Um, uh, I've had several stories shared with me where i'm not these aren't my stories these are individuals that have shared with me and right. they all have the same story yeah. bad things happen to them yeah so that's all i'm going to say but we want to thank you for sharing your story with us uh this story is this guy wants to be called homie gtv okay okay and he, he says here's my story but it's kind of long because I, I tell people to please keep it under two paragraphs or something shorter than that and he says so i've always been a skeptic on the, of the paranormal i've always used to say that i won't believe in ghosts until i see one but i did i didn't want to see one because i would be scared so you want to see one but you don't want to see one because you're scared right you're okay. curious <laughs> yeah you're curious okay my experience <laughs> happened several years ago in el monte california when i was in the mid when i was in my mid late 20s my mid to oh my mid to late 20s okay in my house we have what we call the red room it was the name because the walls used to be red we used it as a little office if you sit facing the computer monitor on the left side is the kitchen and on the right side 
are the windows looking out to the front yard. So one night I was surfing the web. My sister was asleep in one room and my mom and stepdad were asleep in their, in their room. All the lights were off. The only light was the light from the computer screen. I got sleepy and decided to go to bed. I turned off the computer and began walking across the kitchen toward the light switch. While looking down at, the so at, at my socks, thinking of tomorrow, as I got closer to the light switch, I began to lift my head so I could see the switch. As I lifted up my head, I saw my stepdad walking towards me and in about two steps, it was so dark, we almost bumped into each other. Right when I saw him, I said out loud, oh man, you scared me. I even giggled about it. This happened very, very quickly. I turned on the light switch and he vanished right before my eyes. I was, I'm getting chills as I'm typing this right now. The thing disappeared right in front of me at the same time the light turned on. How could it have been my stepdad if he was alive and asleep in the room and my mom was on the other side of the house? Was on the other side of the house. Is it what's called a living ghost? He's asking a question. Mm -hmm. Talk, Talking about that, the ghost or whatever it was, was dressed just like my stepdad and as tall, tall as him. Uh, it was about 6'2", white t-shirt, dark color sweats. So when people say the ghost don't exist, no, I know they, they exist. But but by the way, people have had different experiences in the house. Thank you for your time. Homie G, thank you for sharing that. So what are you saying is that there was, I guess, one light on, the only light from the, the computer screen. So he's walking towards the hallway. I guess he sees his stepdad. Right. They're almost bumped into each other. He almost giggled, turned on the lights, and he disappeared. That's crazy. But now, I guess what he's wondering is, and I, I, I believe I almost shared a similar story to that, mm -hmm. where um, a, a friend of mine saw his dad, yeah. and uh, they spoke for a little bit, turned on the light, and he was gone. Yeah, I've had people, um, families actually come back, um, because you, usually what happens, long story short, after the funeral services, we do uh, what is called a, a like like an after meeting, uh -huh. you know, and where we, we re-meet with the families, check on how they're doing, give them a courtesy call, see how they're doing and stuff like that. And a lot of the times the families like to talk to us and, you know, tell us things. And they, a lot of the times they tell us about spooky stuff that goes on. And I've actually had families tell me that they've seen their loved ones, like seen them wow. lingering around. And I'm just to myself like, that's, that's creepy. Like that's yeah. not... I, I personally don't believe that's, you know, your loved one, but, you know, the fact that they sin, there's a lot of people that are scared too, like, I don't know what's going on, like, he's not here no more, why did I see him? You know, like, I've heard a lot of stories of, and people telling that they've seen their loved ones after they've passed. You know, and, and, and I've heard those stories too, mm -hmm. but this individual is saying that he saw his stepdad, I guess, for lack of better words, a ghost. But his his stepdad's still alive. Right. That's that's even scarier. Yeah. And uh, one of my good friends, I shared a story. His father was still alive, and he saw him in mm -hmm. the hallway. Right. The, the, I don't have any answers for that. Um, I don't know, and I never heard of living ghosts. But whatever it is, uh, you know, common sense tells you we know that it's not your father. Right. Okay. Or your stepfather. Second, I believe whatever it, it may be my opinion i don't think it's good 
A lot of times people may want to interact and talk. You don't want to do that. Mm. My advice to you, you don't want to do that because once again, you don't know what door you're opening for, whatever it is on the other side to come in because there are doorways that we can open. Right. You know, so um, uh, thank you, Homie GTV. And what was her name? Uh, Bernadette Martinez. Bernadette Martinez. So we thank you. And uh, we come to the conclusion of our podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. Was there anything that you wanted to share that maybe we didn't get to? You might have forgotten or? Um, at the moment, no. I think okay. we pretty much covered everything. And then these stories were really cool, to be honest. Yes. They're actually really dope. Yes. So we want to continue to encourage you to uh, go to freakytalespodcast at gmail.com. It should be up on the screen. And. Um, Share your stories with us. It doesn't necessarily have to be your story. Maybe it's a story that has gone on, uh, maybe passed down through your family. Maybe it could be a close friend, a, a brother or a coworker that might have shared something with you. And he okay you to share it. If you want your name read, that's fine. If you uh, want to be named anonymous, that's fine as well. So, um, so we encourage you to share those stories so that we can get to them. We'll try to get to more um, next week uh, with our next special guest. Um, also on Instagram, uh, you can follow us there on um, Freaky Tales Podcast on Instagram. Freaky Tales Podcast on Instagram. You can follow us there for future content. We would greatly appreciate it. And right now we have our website under construction, the Freaky Tales Podcast website where eventually you'll be able to order uh, Freaky Tales merch. Uh, we're going to start off small, but eventually we'll start off with a lot that you guys can order. And uh, once again, we want you to be a part of the show. That's why we want you to to share your uh, stories. And soon enough, uh, we are going to have live calls. Live calls. The only thing that we ask that if you're going to call, please keep your, short, your stories somewhat short. I know sometimes they can be long. The only thing we don't want to cut you off, you know, and be disrespectful like that, but try to keep your story very, very short and allow us to elaborate. We definitely want you to be a part of this show and uh, to share your stories. So uh, we will have a no- I think we already have the number. We're just working on the technology on how exactly we're going to do it. So please stay tuned for that. So other than that, um, Magic Girl, I want to thank you for sharing with us. Um, I don't know if you've ever uh done a podcast like this no okay so we want to thank you for coming and sharing with us and for people that may not know i'm pretty sure they probably got freaked out that you've worked with the dead mm-hmm. you know i'm a little freaked out but i love it i love it <laughs> <laughs> she said i love it we are caretakers for the deceased yes and i'm sure that family families uh appreciate you and uh, what you've done for making them making them feel comfortable and in a beautiful setting for them to say their final goodbyes to their loved ones. Yeah. So, other than that, anything else you want to say or share? Or no, just thank you for having me and thanks to everybody who's um, tuning in. Yes, uh, once again, I want to thank uh, I want to thank John Elkins for making all this possible. He is the man behind the scenes. Um, it makes all this possible and i also want to give a shout out he wasn't able to be here but i want to give a shout out to a good friend alex cervantes uh, Al, uh cervantes enterprise so uh shout out to him and to everybody who tuned in thank you very much you guys have a blessed night and always remember this expect the unexpected and we'll see you next friday <laughs>